This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. Hi, and welcome to episode 86 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County here in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills, California. And just as a reminder, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got more time than that. No, they don't. So our coffee fact for today is about an old uh, tradition from Naples, Italy. They don't use it too much anymore, but I wish they would. Um, it's called caffè sospeso, and that means suspended coffee. It's kind of like paying it forward. Somebody goes to a coffee shop, and they order a caffè sospeso. They pay for two coffees, but they only get one. And then later, if somebody who is in need of a coffee but hasn't got any money comes in, they can ask for a caffè sospeso, and if there's one hanging around, they basically get a coffee for free. So I like that. Free coffee, always good. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm actually recording here in person today with my good friend and former colleague, Linda Yolis. And she's going to be talking to us about blogging and about a really exciting upcoming event called St the Student Blogging Challenge. So Linda, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Well, hello, ladies. Thank you for having me here today. My name is Linda Yolas, and I have been teaching elementary school. Are you ready for a big number? 33 years, and I love wow. it more every single year. I'm currently teaching third grade, but I've taught split classes of two, three, and fifth grade. I love integrating technology in the classroom. I have a master's in that, and it's a passion. So excellent. And she is one of the best teachers you Aww. will ever meet. I, I have to say, fangirl. Aww. Oh, I'm a fangirl too. Have been for a really long time. <laughs> yes. So Linda, what are the benefits of having a classroom blog? I love blogging. There are so many wonderful benefits of blogging. And one of them, the primary one for me, is that it's a great way to practice and promote quality writing. The kids are super interested in getting their writing published online, and so they have a lot of interest in producing quality writing. They love interacting with their readers in the comment section, and it's just really super motivating. It is also a great way to teach and practice having and building a positive digital footprint. You know, a lot of times people are older and they start making mistakes as they start to publish online. If you teach them young, they'll be able to build a positive digital footprint. It's also great to have kind of like a window into the classroom so that parents can see and can interact. I mean, just to name a couple more, I mean, it's a great platform if you want, want to co uh, connect globally with other classrooms. It's just a great way to be creative. So I love it, parents love it, students love it. There's so many benefits. Gotta love it. <laughs> so. Um, 
I know you have a class blog and do you do individual student blogs? What, how does your class blog work? Tell us about those. I do have a class blog called Mrs. Yolis's Classroom Blog, and I've been running it since 2008. This is the 12th group of elementary students that I've blogged with, so it's pretty exciting. Um, I also have a photo of the day blog that I've been running for about nine years, and um, last year I started giving kids individual blogs too, so it's a mix. I kind of start teaching the elements of blogging through the class blog, and the photo of the day blog. Once they learn the elements of, you know, writing a post, commenting, learning about the sidebar, that's when I let them have their own blog and we take off from there. It's so exciting. And the kids are excited to get their own blogs. Aren't oh my they? gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they are so excited. They can't believe they have their own place that they can publish. They get to, you know, personalize it with their own heading and write what they want. Generally, I sometimes give them posts that they have to write or that they have to interact with. But yeah, there's a lot of choice in writing and they love it. Every single kid loves it. That is so great. So I know you said that we needed to, that it was a good way to include families. How do you do that? Well, at the beginning of the year, and I posted down at the bottom, I start the whole year off with a um, welcome back post. And I send it out to parents before school even starts. I include a little video telling about myself and telling about limiting information, you know, personal information on blogs. And then I invite parents to sit with their new third grade student and leave a comment for us. So right at the beginning of the year, the parents can see that blogging is going to be a centerpiece of the classroom and that they are involved because, you know, the kids can't type either. There are, you know, they're only eight, so they can't type. So it's a great place for parents to sit alongside their child. They type for their child. So the parents are learning blogging at the same time. And I do tell parents though, to, as they're typing for their child to leave little mistakes with the writings that they can then switch seats with the child and they can fix, you know, like capitalization, punctuation, that kind of thing. So there's a, um, you know, they're working on their writing alongside their parent. That's a great idea. So you tell the parents to purposely make mistakes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yep. And then the child will hopefully fix them and then they'll publish. One other thing that I do to include family, because I noticed, um, even though I do invite a lot of parents to participate on the blog, I noticed uh, some of them are a little shy about it or they don't really know what to do. So I started what I call Family Blogging Month. And the whole month of, of November is Family Blogging Month. And the idea is to get as many family members as you can leaving a comment on the blog. And it's kind of a little competition you know the top three win bragging rights they get a crown and they get a free post on mrs yolis's blog but everybody really benefits because we get comments from parents cousins grandparents we even had a 90 year old blogger a great grandmother one year who loved interacting with all the kids through the blog so yeah so family's a big part of it that's so exciting. So is third grade the first year that students are really able to start blogging or could they do it earlier? Is it good for, what, what ages do you recommend it for? 
I think you could start at any age. I mean, obviously you'd have to guide it with younger kids. I, when I had my two, three split, I had second graders and I thought, mm, I don't know if they're going to be able, it might, they might be too young yet. They were some of my best bloggers. They really were. I'm telling you with having a blog, it can, it can be a lot of work, but it really pays off because everybody wants to be a part of it. Everybody wants to read. They want to write. They want to connect. They, they make global friends. So it really, at any age, you could do it. Okay, so I'm convinced. How do teachers get, <laughs> yay, how do teachers get started blogging with their class? Well, they have a great opportunity coming up because EduBlogs is running their student blogging challenge and it's going to start on October 6, 2019. And it is a just a great way to kind of introduce your class to um, blogging. And it's run by Edge of Blog. It's run Sue Waters, Kathleen Morris, and Sue Wyatt are going to coordinate it. And you can join as a class, which I'm going to do this time. I'm going to just join with my classroom blog. The one, there's a second one later in the year that I let my individual students blog with. But it's a great, like I said, it's a great way to introduce blogging. It's open to all blogging platforms. It's worldwide. So, uh, and usually the kids are between 8 and 16. And as I said, you can join as a class. You can join as a student or even people who don't have a blog and maybe they just like to see what it's like, you can join as a commenter. They have a whole group that they collect and they help them comment back um, to people. So you'll see how exciting it is. But it runs for eight weeks and I think it starts, yep, October 6th. So we have a link there where people can go to and they can sign up their classes and hopefully, you know, get blogging. Excellent. They'll and, love it. And how much does it cost? Ah, uh, it's free. Oh, it's free. Yeah. Price is right. Yay. Okay. So <laughs> one thing I, uh, that I was thinking, um, blogging requires you to go online. Mm -hmm. So if families don't have internet, what do you do? Some people are not online or their parents don't choose for them to do it at home. They can write it on paper and then they can share it with the class or I can type it. And also because my kids are so young, you know, they're eight years old, as I said, sometimes parents prefer that they use a pen name instead of their first name, which I, I like. Um, but we really do talk a lot about being safe online, um, you know, keeping all the, the privacy intact. And so I, I just love it. It's a great, it's a great age to start, start them in learning about the internet, contributing and being part of a learning network. And um, we have a time, we have a little bit more time, so I'm going to go off script here because uh -oh. <laughs> uh, you'll be fine. Um, so I've had, the, I've had the privilege of working with Linda and her students. And um, would you talk a little bit about how the publishing process goes? I know that kids don't just get to comment on the blog. They, they're uh, work needs to be approved. Linda looks at it. And so could you talk a little bit about how, how you start out with the students, um, how you maybe write a post or they write posts? And Right. At the beginning, they really don't know anything about blogging. So what I do, I call them carpet comments. So everybody comes up to the front. We open up, like, let's say our welcome back post. And I... 
I type it for them right in front of them. It's up on the projector and I type it for whoever volunteers something, they get their name on the post. And so they kind of see how to log in, how to write a post, how to proofread it to make sure it's quality writing and then publish. And like I said, I also have a lot of parents who, who really support writing, they support blogging, and they support their kids at home writing. I also bring back my former bloggers. I have kids in fourth and fifth grade here at the school. They love to come back and be mentored, blogging mentors for them. And I mean, that's a real motivator too. And they've all got, you know, their quality writing in place. So they're able to become mentors for the young kids too. It's, it's great extension. And it creates a wonderful school community too and, and fosters all kinds of relationships. Definitely. So that's really exciting. And I know I've been in uh, Linda's room when students have written comments and she hasn't approved them. <laughs> and right. and why, would, why wouldn't you approve a comment? Well, you know, we talk it over as a class about, you know, what have we learned in first and second grade? What are, what are some of the, the uh, language mechanics that we want? And, and, you know, we're publishing on the web, so we want to always produce your best work. So a lot of the kids are really tough on one another about making sure that they've, you know, capitalized and punctuation, there's no run on. So there becomes a, a climate of quality that's built into it. And yeah. I, and I, but if you have yeah. a lot of errors, you don't get published keep working at it and you will get published. But I really like how supportive the students are of each other too and helping, oh look, you forgot a capital here or this is spelled wrong. Absolutely. They're, they're very tough on each other, but they're also really good helpers for mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. And Linda was the one who taught me too that the one who's doing, who's touching the computer is the one who's doing the learning. So she only lets her students tell each other what to do she doesn't let them do it for each other which is so important yeah, whoever's doing the most work is doing the most learning <laughs> that is right all right well any final thoughts before we uh finish this up well i hope that people will give blogging a chance i think a lot of teachers sometimes wonder well what am i going to do i have so much on my plate you know i can't really give any time to it what i found is you get rid of something else that you're doing and substitute in blogging. We do blogging probably three times a week and it's part of the writing process. It's part of, um, you know, maybe they've published something on the iPad and they want to share it. It's, you know, um, technology skills. So I hope people will see the value in it and get in there. You can always ask me any questions. I'm always available. <laughs> she is, and we have her, we'll have her contact information up. Right. But I think that's a really important point when you're trying to add something new. Sometimes you have to let something go, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I used to do this thing with writing biographies, and we still do write biographies, but one of the things I traded over and made it a blog post instead. But here was the interesting part rather than just having them write a paper and they present it in front of the class, they wrote a blog comment as if they were, let's say, Mozart. And they, they left the blog comment in, from the point of view of Mozart. And then we had all kinds of other people, Thomas Jefferson, Chopin, that were commenting <laughs> back and forth in the comment section. It was so rich and so much more fun than just having a, a piece of paper. 
Well, and I feel like the learning is much deeper that way too, because it's not just going and copying facts about Thomas Jefferson, even if we put them in our own words or we dress up like Thomas Jefferson, this is taking on the persona in a whole different way. Yeah, it's a whole nother level. It's really, really rich. So let's get vlogging, everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being our guest today. And thank you to all our listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. And our comment question is, how do you or how will you incorporate blogging into your classroom? And please join us Wednesday, October 16th, when our guest will be Teresa Ozoa talking about Genius Hour. Thank you so much, Linda. This was fantastic. Um, and please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do, please help others. Uh, please help other people find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things that they are doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if you'd like to be a guest, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.